Life isn't about avoiding the bruises. It's about collecting the scars to prove that we showed up for it. Join Nikki Seberini for the next hour as she explores heroism through illness. There is a warrior inside each of us. This is Life Links with the DL Link. Life Links is a funding initiative of the DL Link. Dory, welcome, welcome. Long time no see, long time no speak. I hope you are well. Hello, it is so <laughs> nice to be here. Now you can hear me. Oh, welcome, welcome. We can hear you now, Laurie. It is just so lovely to have you on the show. How have you been? Really good, I must say. Everything, I think as long as everyone's healthy and children are at school, those are my tick boxes. Life is good. Oh my goodness. So the year's been challenging when kids were online and not at school. Sure. No, not easy. And I'm sure, I'm sure everyone agrees. I can imagine you're writing the book, how you survived COVID, you and all the other parents out there who were never equipped. We were never equipped for this homeschooling and life kind of turned it on its head. And uh, that's what we all had to experience. But we're coming out of it. And please, God, things will only get better and better. Absolutely. So I, I love that today. You know, we've got so much to talk about. But this idea of pressing this internal reset button and getting unstuck. So, so Laurie, I'm going to ask you about the getting unstuck. Because what it, what is, what does it feel like to be stuck? You know, there's some people who will say, well, this is always how I feel. Or being stuck is a very real thing for me. How would you define? being stuck? I think for me, being stuck feels like you are just not moving forward, you know, and I, and I think it feels like you've been, you know, kind of walking on the treadmill, but not getting anywhere. And we need to stop and press reset. Cause if you're feeling stuck, it means something you're doing is not working. And, but it doesn't help to press reset. And then you go and use the same tools that you've always used and expect a different result. So it's moving from that frustrated place, but with a different set of tools. Yeah, I love that. And I love the idea of being on this treadmill. Um, and I think that a lot of people can describe this time of being at home, of, again, whether it's the homeschooling or working from home, a kind of a groundhog experience, groundhog day experience, I always say, you know, yeah. because you're not just getting in your car and going off to a meeting or meeting people, you know, going into offices. And, and we know how famous the, the, the Zoom look is where we look amazing from the waist up and from the waist down, it's jammies and slippers. <laughs> and, you know, that in itself, we can get stuck in. I think a lot yeah. of people are very comfortable in it, which I don't necessarily know is a good thing. And then there are a lot of people who feel very stuck. So perhaps if we had discussed this a year and a half ago, maybe not as many people would be able to relate to this idea of being stuck and how to get unstuck. So you're talking about changing things. How does one change things? Because we've got to change behavior in order to change it completely. Life is just the same. We don't know when we're going to be free, go out to do things that we always used to do. For me, I always say the, the best way forward, if you want a better answer, it begins with a better set of questions. And so just as a starting point, some of the questions that you could start to ask yourself is number one, say, what are my non-negotiables? So what have you learned over the last 18 months that you are no longer willing to tolerate? So is it... I refuse not to have a lunch break. I refuse not to have time for myself. I'm not getting enough time with my family. And then where you see that this is the point where you are refusing to tolerate it anymore, go back to basics. Take your calendar and block it out. 
So block out lunches every day. If you used to go to your boxing class on a Wednesday at 4.30, put it in your calendar. And then the the trick is, though, is that you've got to have the self-discipline is that when, when someone else says, can I have that Wednesday 4.30 block, you don't go, oh, it's just me. It's no, sorry, I've got a, I've got something on at that time, but I can help you Thursday morning. I can help you at this time, but not give away that time. So I think it's being really protective of your time, especially when it's, when it's something that you've got planned in there for yourself. Um, and then another question is to say, what would be an ideal average day? So not an ideal day because uh, we don't have a lot of those. <laughs> an ideal average day could be, well, I want to wake up at 6.30 and I wouldn't mind going for a walk. And then you plan, well, I'm going to log on to work this time. And so the day rolls out. And then the next question is, how do you become the architect of your calendar rather than the victim of it? And how do you start to design your days? And, you know, if you decide, and it's also setting boundaries. So if you say, because as you mentioned, we're now in one location, we don't have the office to put the, that made a nice box in terms of what I do where. So you've got to decide, well, I'm going to log on at half past eight and I'm going to log off at five, but then have the self-discipline to not say, okay, at seven o'clock, I'm going to keep, I'm going to start checking mails. You've got till 8.30. How do you plan a morning that puts you in a peak state? So does that mean, you know, whatever's important to you, if it's prayer, if it's meditation, if it's journaling, if it's reading, whatever that thing is, because if you're not triggering yourself, everybody else is going to. And how yeah, do we love design days? Yeah. I love it. So what I'm hearing from you, Laurie, is that managing your time is very important and having fixed boundaries is very important. So this is what I hear from so many people is, um, you know, if, so for the person who is working from home, it's meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, whereas if they were in the office, they would, you know, be in natural breaks, whether you're going for a coffee or getting in your car, going to the meeting. But now they're able to cram so much more into the day. And in terms of being at home with kids, same thing. You know, the kids are there. You're not just getting into your car and going somewhere. You're you're available all the time. So boundaries. And I suppose boundaries, the stumbling block when it comes to boundaries is believing that you are worth putting the boundaries down. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, in, instead of what I like to say, because it's exactly that, it's honoring yourself to make the space for yourself. And sometimes the, the concept of self-love or self-acceptance is a little bit heavy. And if you just said, how could I be unconditionally friendly to myself? So if you think about your best friend, your rock, your partner, what are the traits about them? And it's because they, you know, they're kind and they don't judge and they're unconditional. And then it's just saying, well, how can I bring a little bit more of that to myself? And there was a brilliant uh, blog post by Seth Godin. And he spoke about the world's worst boss and said, you know, the world's worst boss is the person that they phone you after hours. Nothing's good enough. They don't let you rest. You're not allowed to take a lunch break. And so by the end of the post, you realize that the world's worst boss is actually yourself. <laughs> and you are the person doing this to yourself. And so if you can just say, how could I be unconditionally friendly to myself? Okay, well, when I'm exhausted, I'm not going to grind through the day. I'm going to rest. 
when I'm tired or when I really just want to give myself some time for. And it's not just the basic self-care stuff. I think we've forgotten to put into our days and our weeks the stuff that really fuels us. You know, some of us it's baking or painting or photography or sport or just something that you need. I call it what's your oxygen mask. You know, we always hear in the plane, grab your mask first before you help someone else. So what is your oxygen mask that you just need half an hour of that specific activity that just fuels you? And then you feel like you're energized to then manage everybody else and be there for everybody else. But we get this time scarcity mindset that even if you put it in your calendar, you go, when the time comes, you're telling yourself, you don't have time for that. You know, you've got all these other things to do. You, you, you know, and then we start to ladle a guilt on ourselves. So if we can just be a little bit friendlier and a better boss, we'll have better days. I love that. So Laurie, how does one break it down? Because everything that you said, fantastic. Um, I think that it's not new. Um, we've been talking about working overtime. We've been talking about people taking their iPads, their laptops on holiday with them, always available, never switching off. And it's just compounded because of COVID. So the question is, if we had to break it down for people who are listening now, if we Mm -hmm. had to say, here's a step one and here's a step two, because the whole idea of, um, you know, okay, I'm important and these times are important. It's, It's a great concept, but maybe it's difficult to implement. How do we break it down? Easy. One, two, three. Starting point. Show me your calendar. So if I looked at your calendar now, would I get a sense of what's important? What are you working on? What skills are you developing? Or is your calendar just this endless sea of online meetings and you drive your day by the loudest email? So number one, schedule your day. So start number one, plan your week before you're in it. But a nice tip is that you start with where your time cannot go. So look at the week ahead. First put in the diary, whether it's work meetings, extramurals, fetching the kids, looking after parents, all those, um, you know, the personal as well as the work responsibilities that are there irrespective. Now you can look at your calendar and say, okay, what is practically available to me? What time is available to me? What matters to me? And then you start to schedule it. So you time block the things that matter to you. Of course, emergencies and distract, you know, the unexpected comes up, but that's why you want to plan. So you've got to, because the more we can see and we we know when we're going to do something, that's how we start to take action. Chunk it down. So maybe I think also what, what we're suffering from a lot of procrastination is because we're looking at the whole thing. So say you've got to do easiest examples of presentation. When we think about the entire presentation, it gets daunting and it brings up all feelings of, you know, fear of not being perfect or fear of failure. So we avoid it. Chunk it down. Say, okay, all I'm going to do for 15 minutes is slide one. What's one heading? What's one bullet point? Maybe when it comes to self-care, often what we do as well is we think, well, I don't have an hour to walk. But what if you just did five minutes and you, or you took 15 minutes and you break up that 15 minutes throughout the day? I'm going to do five minutes in the morning, five minutes after lunch. And so you plan it. So it's an implementation intention. On Tuesday at eight o'clock, I am going to do X. So it's really specific and you want to make it as tiny as possible because again, and, and do stuff that you enjoy. You know, we all know that we should be healthier and we should, there's a lot, we know the shoulds. Closing the gap is finding the thing you enjoy, break it down, put it in the calendar. And when that slot shows up, 
you show up to it. You show up to yourself. I call it create a micro win. So what is the first Lego brick of the whole creation? What's one step you can do? And then celebrate it. So I think if the more ownership you can take of your time, the more self-compassion you can have as well. And and the self-talk. You know, I think if you imagine this, you know, narrator going on in your head all day, and often, the, you know, we say that the research says 80% of thoughts are negative and we recycle those daily Start being aware of what you're telling yourself. Tell yourself a better story. Be kinder to yourself. You know, celebrate, acknowledge your past successes. Because I think sometimes we get so overwhelmed in the challenge that we feel like, how can, how am I going to get through this? But if you just stop and you went, well, actually, I faced challenge before, and this is what I did, and this is what I learned from it. And if you can just incorporate that growth, the more anxious we get. And then the looping thoughts and the ruminating thoughts begin. So it's also just saying, okay, let's do an anxiety audit. What do I know? What don't I know? What can I influence? What can't I control? And sometimes maybe it's we've got to have a hard conversation with someone so we can plan. So you you can plan ahead and you can think to yourself, well, I've got to have this conversation. This is what I want to say. This is my intention. This is how I want it to land. But you can't control the reaction. But what we do is we think, oh, this is going to go so badly. And we imagine the worst case scenario. And then we bring it back to the present moment and start living it like it is. That's where the anxiety comes from. Lori Milner on the line. She is a speaker, trainer, author. She's given us so many nuggets. If you've missed any of them, you're going to have to listen to the podcast. Before I say goodbye to Lori, I love this. And Lori says, ask this question of yourself. How can I be unconditionally kind to myself? Think about that today. It's a, it's a great question. Laurie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, really wonderful to have you on the show. And as I said, so many nuggets. I'm look, looking forward to taking a listen to the podcast again. Super. Thanks for having me. Great chatting.